Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Brought to you by the Business Radio X studio partner program. To lock down your market and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, you ready for this one, buddy? I am. This has become my new favorite show. I love this show. I've learned so much in talking with these folks, bright, passionate professionals, committed to their craft, and there's just so much to learn from people who are actually out there in the trenches doing it. We're going to do that right now. Please join me in welcoming to the program executive and career coach, Tammy Guler loeb How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Tammy, before we get too far into things, can you share a little bit about your practice? How are you serving folks? Sure. Well, I do a variety of things, but primarily I provide executive and career coaching to individuals. Uh, I also work with groups and teams and, and companies. So I, I do group facilitation team development, leadership development. I also do training and speaking. So I, I mix it up. But primarily what I'm trying to do with my business is help people be happier in the workplace and with their, with their work. Now, how would you get into this line of work? What's your backstory? Well, I, I started off um, in the psychology and mental health arena and had also, way back in college, had some uh, had a had a work study position on campus at, at uh, Hampshire College, where I went to school, and I, I worked in the Career Options Resource Center there. That was my on-campus job, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to people talk about what their goals were and the kinds of things they were looking forward to doing, whether it be going to grad school or looking for work. And I, I always loved that. And so throughout everything I've done in my career, and I've done a number of different things over the years, I always was interested in what makes people tick and why they do what they do and how they move forward and live their lives um, with a sense of purpose. So do you find that more people nowadays are searching for that sense of purpose, or is this uh, something that's been going on for a while? Um, I, I think... I think it's I think it's uh it's been going on for a while. I think it changes over time depending on what's going on with the economy and the kinds of pressures people are feeling around um earnings and lifestyle things like that. But but overall I think the people who end up finding me are are looking for something that is going to make their uh professional life um have some meaning and purpose. So you think that um, some people go into a career and it's like all about uh, material things or money or things like that, but after a while, maybe after they've been around the block a little bit, they're trying to have more of an impact or a legacy or, you know, kind of put their dent in the universe? Um, yes, and I'm not sure people come to it quite in, in that way. You know, it's not linear. Usually uh, people, for example... People will grow up 
um, with, let's say, some influential adults or teachers or other people in their lives saying, oh, you're really good at this. You should be a thus and such. So, you know, you're really good with math. You should become an accountant or you should be an engineer. And what I find is those people who follow the path that they were told they were good at, um, they end up, some of them, not all, but some of them end up realizing they they get maybe to a a midpoint in their career, maybe they're in their 40s and they wake up one day and they say, oh, yeah, I'm good at this, but I don't like it. In fact, I don't even want to get out of bed today. And you know that's that's the state of of being where some people just they went went ahead and did something they were good at but they didn't really take the time to reflect and think about what they actually like and so those are the people who end up finding their way to me that's one example but i think a lot of us do end up looking for a profession or work that's based on you know what we have talent and what we're good at and I think that's important but I think the other piece that's equally as important is is it something you enjoy so the example that I always give my clients when I'm first meeting with them is to say so you know I'm really good at cleaning toilets I can clean a toilet really well but it doesn't mean that's what I want to do for work now nothing against people who do those kinds of things for work but it's not something I particularly enjoy. So I'm going to look for something else to do for work, something that I actually enjoy and have some skill in. So, um, so those, are, those are the kinds of things where I think people start out with all the best of intentions and they build on their strengths, and they, um, but they're not necessarily listening to their whole being, their, their heart and their soul. You know, what is it that they want to make meaning out of? But it's true that there are a lot of people who do go after, um, you know, they're looking for that sense of financial stability and security or even something beyond that. So um, I guess one of the challenges when you're uh, doing it for those kind of reasons is that it's, I guess, harder to find those concentric circles that uh, map out to, okay, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? And where is there money to be had for doing those things? Yeah. And that's, it, it, that's what you're helping them. Definitely. Right. You're, you're helping them kind of guide them into that sweet spot where they can do the thing they're good at, that they're passionate about, and there is a market for. Yes. And, you know, it takes work. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, a lot of the people that I work with might work with me for, you know, three to six months trying to figure some things out, some people longer, some people less. But I find that um, when people start to see that they're moving towards something that really leaves them feeling grounded within themselves, leaves them, leaves them feeling just much better day to day, they're willing to adjust and adapt some other things. So it may be that they're willing to live on a, on a little less income for a while until they get up to speed on certain things, or, or they realize that there, there are many opportunities, they just weren't looking for them, that they could step into and be much happier. Sometimes it's a matter of just changing from one company to another. I, I see a lot of people who actually, you know, they start to question whether they even like what they're doing day to day because they're in an organizational culture 
that just doesn't suit them. You know, the, it doesn't match up with their values or they're in an environment that is could be somewhat toxic. And yet if they switch to another company that has a healthier culture, they might find themselves being happy all over again without having to step away completely from the field that they started out in. Right, that could reinvigorate them. Because um, people, yeah. people don't quit jobs, they quit bosses, right? I think, I think that's exactly right. Absolutely, yes. Pe- that's what happens a lot. So, um, and sometimes they get stuck, you know. They get stuck and they, they don't feel they can leave or, you know, when you're working full-time, it's, it's very challenging to right. start looking for another role. And you have financial pressures and then that kind of puts you in a box that you think that you can't escape from. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's tough. Now, for you, when you went, uh, when you were g- going back to your early years as a coach, what was that like that first time you sat across from someone and, um, you know, you're now coaching them rather than doing whatever you were doing prior to that? Is that was that a big mental shift or did you feel pretty confident in, you know, they're coming to you for some sort of advice and knowledge and wisdom? And did you feel prepared yeah. for that? Yes. You know, I realized once I went for coaching training and got certified that a lot of the, the, the skills that I learned in coaching, I actually had a lot of them already. What the coaching uh, training did was really help me refine those skills. So um, earlier in my career, I had been in the mental health field. I also had worked in um, government, public policy, worked in higher ed administration, and every one of those jobs, all of them involved me helping people in some way. So even in my work in the government, I was working in the mayor's office in Boston. This was quite a while ago. Most of the things that I worked on there had to do with hunger, homelessness, poverty, public health, all kinds of issues that revolve around helping people improve quality of life. And so everything that I've done throughout has always pointed to that. So when I sat down to coach someone the first time, I was definitely nervous. I remember that. Um, And I wasn't sure exactly what to say because I was trying to follow all the rules just right. But there was, um, within a relatively short period of time, I felt far more ease with it and, and really quite comfortable with it. And and I had already had some experience in counseling. So while they're not exactly the same, they were similar enough. So it was a very natural fit when I found coaching. Um, right before that time, I had been doing fundraising, doing a lot of work with nonprofit organizations, helping them to build uh, their resources. And that was not a great fit for me. Um, so in a way, when I found coaching, I felt like I was going back home again in some ways. Now, as a kid, were you the kid that people went to for advice that was, you know, helping other people? Was that just part of your DNA? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was. Um, I I have a a very quick, funny story to tell you, actually. I think I think I was very maternal as a kid. I, I was always caring for people. And at one point I was about 12 years old and I actually was in the hospital for a few days and I, they had me in a, like a pediatric ward, and there were all these other kids there. And there was one little girl in one of the other beds there. She was a few years younger than me, and 
she needed some help and she was calling out for help and crying and it, no one was there at the moment. So I got out of bed and I went and I helped her. Um, and I think my parents have never let me forget that because <laughs> I, I think I actually helped her with a bedpan or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always been wanting to help people in one way or another. Do you find uh, when you meet other coaches that they have had similar um, kind of experiences that they're the that they were the ones that um, you know were there to help? I think so. I, I do think that it's interesting. That's a really good question. Um, a lot of the people that I know are coaches. Um, you know, came many of them didn't start out as coaches. You know, they started in some other profession, and most of them started in a profession that definitely taps into that coaching tools, those coaching tools, that coaching skill set very readily. So, you know, some of them were therapists before. I've met people who were lawyers, uh, teachers. So there's there's elements of, I think, a service mindset um, that that definitely – came before. There's also, it's interesting, there's also a lot of very creative people um, who've come to coaching. And I think coaching, for example, the people who um, started the school that I went to for coaching, the Coaches Training Institute, the people who founded the Coaches Training Institute were actors. And I think that part of their background as actors was they, their abilities sort of tap into the human condition and the human experience and translate that into something um, different um, or translate it into something more grounded or more forward-moving. And so it's interesting. I've met quite a few people who came from theatrical backgrounds um, who also went into it. So it, it's quite a range, but I think I think there is a natural evolution to it. Now, when someone's starting coaching with you nowadays, uh, can you kind of walk me through what that onboarding looks like? For somebody who is um, they wanting re- to work with a coach? Or you specifically, if they wanted to. Oh, for uh, me specifically. Right. Well, usually um, what I do is I offer them a complimentary consultation. So I usually have them uh, tell me a few things about themselves first, usually via um, email or uh, my scheduling system. And I just want to get at least a little bit of a sense of who they are, what their situation is. And then if it feels like a good fit for what I do, I will meet with them for about 45 minutes and really dig in a little deeper and try to find out what it is that they're looking to get out of this, what their expectations are, what their needs are. And then from there, we decide together whether we're going to continue to work together. So I start off that way, and then once we've decided we're going to work together, um, I offer them a pretty, I would say, a pretty intensive questionnaire that I ask them to fill out, and uh, sometimes a few other career-related assessments, depending on their situation, and then we start we start coaching from there. So, uh, you know, with each person, it's a little different, but I would say that the the initial period of time is, uh, you know, the first couple of sessions usually is a time when we're really trying to get to know each other and begin to talk about what their goals are 
and what are the strategies that we're going to employ together to get them from where they are now to where they want to be. And so I have a lot to say about where that will go, but I, but I really depend very heavily on the client to tell me what feels right to them, what they've done already, and where, you know, if they, to see what their questions are, to see where they want to go next. So, you know, the, the onus is still on the client to use me, um, to use me in this relationship. So, for example, when somebody comes on board with me, I make it very clear right away that I don't charge for my services by the hour. I package my services so that people are able to uh, work with me in a more organic and ongoing way. So what that looks like is they might purchase a certain number of sessions from me, but, they're also, but there's also a time frame in which they can use those sessions, and they are also allowed to email me or request very brief, timely phone calls in between sessions. So it really is on the client to really make use of this relationship and the resources that I can offer them. Some people use me just from session to session, and other people really try to engage me more regularly. Uh, but I try to make sure that our actual sessions are more strategy sessions rather than just a time to catch up on what they've been doing. I, my hope is that they'll let me know ahead of time what's going on so that we can dive right in when we, when we use our session time. Now, what's a kind of reasonable amount of time to see some sort of a result where, like, the client is getting some level of um, achieving the outcome I desire by uh, working with you? You know, everybody asks me that question, and um, my first answer is always the answer they don't want to hear, which is it depends. But um, I would say that um, at a minimum, I prefer to work with people for at least three months, and it's not just my preference. It's, it's because they start to see some meaningful changes within that time. Part of it depends on whether they're currently full-time employed or not. So for those people who are already, let's say, full-time employed and have a family at home, it's going to be harder for them to move as quickly than for somebody, let's say, who is currently unemployed or um, you know, partially employed and maybe doesn't have the, the, the family responsibilities that some people have. So it's really partially dependent on the amount of time and focus the individual has to give to the process. Um, but I'd say somewhere between three and six months, most people achieve what they're trying to achieve. I have had people who um, more of my executives and senior uh, level folks usually takes longer because they're, if they're looking for a new role, it just takes longer to find a role at that level. If you're just now joining us, this is the Coach to Coach series on the Business Radio X Network, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program. To lock down your market and own your backyard, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is my favorite part of the show because we get to talk about you. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, so, Tammy, I want you to know I consider myself a coach in some respects in that I have an opportunity to coach studio partners across the country and how to leverage our platform to help other people and, and make money. 
my question for you as a, as a coach really still, though, is around this whole sales and marketing. Any advice you might have around, uh, uh, around the sales and marketing aspect of a coaching practice, and you'll notice the people that I'm coaching have already, you know, they're already subscribing. They're already part of our family, so it's not like they have to write a new check, but I, I still find myself sort of as an internal resource almost needing to market my services. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it, it does absolutely. I, you know, and given that the work that I do as a career coach and helping a lot of people look for work, I always tell them I'm always looking for my next job because you know people come and go, right? So, um, but I, I think when people ask me, and I hope I'm answering your question correctly here, when people ask me, other coaches and and other solopreneurs especially. They'll say, so how do you sell yourself? How do you sell coaching? And here's what I say, and this is the truth. I don't. I don't sell anybody anything. I engage people in conversations. I engage them. If I hear that somebody is looking to get from point A to point B or they're unhappy with something in their life, usually professionally related, I'll just tell them, hey, you know, I work with people who struggle with those things. I, I can help you. Would you like to talk about it further? And so over the years, um, actually from day one, I decided I was going to have a word-of-mouth driven business, and that's what I've had. And so I tell all my clients, you know, if you know somebody else who you think is looking for this kind of help, please feel free to give them my name. I offer a complimentary consultation. Um, I also have done things like um, at my local library, developed a speaker series and they allowed me, they've allowed me over the last eight years to offer this. I offer a speaker series on um, job seeking and professional development. So six times a year, I bring in a speaker, I introduce the speaker, and then I join in the conversation as well. And we get, you know, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 35 people who, who show up to these um, sessions. And I've gotten clients uh, through that. So I think, you know, there's an old adage about showing up. I think showing up is very important and being present and, and not to separating out too much who you are personally and who you are as a coach. I feel like I'm a coach all the time. Um, and because I love what I do and I love talking about helping people to make their lives better. So um, I just engage people all the time. Uh, the other day I was in a retail store. I overheard someone who worked in the store talking about how uh, she was in school and she was going to be looking for a full-time job and she um, you know, wasn't sure what she was going to do. And I just went up to her and I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to eavesdrop, but I just want you to know I'm, I'm a career coach. If you'd like to talk about that some more, here's my card. And, um, you know, I don't know whether she'll call me or not, but the point is that there are people all over the place who really need this kind of help and support. And you have to be, um, you have to just sort of be present and show up to it. And over the years, I've been doing this almost 20 years now, I pretty much, you know, everything is word of mouth now. 
Now, uh, I also know that you're starting a podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that? What's it called and uh, what's it about? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I launched a podcast at the end of November. It's called Work from the Inside Out. And I am interviewing on a weekly basis. I'm interviewing uh, individuals, real people who've made real changes in their work lives. And... um, people who really found themselves at a point where they really either wanted to make a change or were downright miserable and decided to make a change and and were willing to either make some sacrifices or take some risks to get there. But at the same time, many of these people also did some very pragmatic, practical things to make these changes. And that's really what I'm trying to shine a light on is this isn't just about going out and finding your dream and throwing caution to the wind. It's about how, you know, very real people that we find relatable have taken charge of their life, their professional life, and made, uh, taken the steps to make some changes. And so we profile both the changes they made and all the, the steps they took in between to get there. Now, and I, it's been fascinating so far, absolutely fascinating. Can you share some of the um, key learnings or anything you learned from, from what you've done yeah. so far? Um, there are some threads of continuity already running through all the stories. I think one of them is um, it takes time. Most of the people that I've spoken with already, um, they planned their transition. They did the research, gathered information. They gave themselves time to really develop um, their ideas about what they wanted to step into and how to get there. And they planned it out. So some of the people I've spoken to spent, you know, between one and three years making their transition. So these are not, you know, overnight um, occurrences. It wasn't so that's an, a big it, piece. It was an impulsive, oh, forget it, I'm out of here, I'm going to just do this. Exactly. Definitely not impulsive. However, some of them, not all of them, definitely uh, took some leaps of faith along the way. So uh, there were some people who were more, you know, there's some people who are more uh, open to risk and others who are not. And I'm trying to interview a, a range of people along that sort of risk continuum, let's say. But none of them so far did anything really impulsively. I could see where looking from the outside inward to what they did, where some people might make those assumptions. But if you really take a look at their path, you'll see that they really they really did take a thoughtful, uh, planful approach to the transition. And, and really were able to point to all the things they learned along the way that helped inform both the decisions they made as they went along and then the actual transitions that they made. And they're all so much more happier for it. Good stuff. That that must be fun to have those conversations and then create that good thought leadership for your clients and prospective clients so they can, you know, see what people are doing in real life. You know, not theories. These are, you know, out of the horse's mouth stories. Right. Absolutely. I'm having a blast and I'm learning a lot as I go along as well. There's a lot of technology and a lot of other nuts and bolts pieces of putting out a podcast that I had no clue about that I'm learning along the way. So, um, and I, I love hearing stories of people's lives and, and the different choices they make and, 
and how they're trying to feed their souls more as they go forward. It's wonderful. Yeah, and it probably gets you fired up to, to keep doing what you're doing. It definitely does. Absolutely does. Um, I am loving this. Just, I just love it, and I love, I love the people I've been interviewing. Some of them are finding me. Some of them I'm finding. It's, I've got a really, really exciting lineup of people coming on, so... It's um, it's inspiring even for people who aren't looking to make a change. Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about the podcast, where can they find it? They can go to um, www.workfromtheinsideout.com. Uh, they can also find, uh, find workfromtheinsideout.com on um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Oh, good stuff. Now, before we wrap, um, do you mind sharing a few actionable pieces of advice for other coaches? If you were going to talk to another coach about coaching, uh, any tips you can give them to make their path a little smoother? Yes. So um, I think it's really important when you are starting out in coaching to, to the best of your ability, try not to get too attached to getting every client who comes your way, that there will be people who will want to meet with you and check you out, and they may decide not to coach with you. Um, that's okay. That just means there's somebody else in the wings waiting to, to meet you and, and work with you. I think uh, the more you kind of put yourself aside from the coaching, the better coach you will be. So it's all about being more objective and unattached to the outcome. The more, you know, really focusing in on the client's agenda, not your own agenda for them. Um, that takes practice. Um, and I think, you know, the same applies for how you think about growing your business. Um, the more that you see the business um, as, you know, your mission, you know, what's the impact that you're trying to have by being a coach and focusing on that impact rather than each individual occurrence that comes along the way, you're going to be able to build um, a brand and build a practice that really will be deeply satisfying to you. I also encourage people to try to, if they're comfortable with it or if they're not, to get comfortable with it, to you know, call your local library or chamber of commerce and offer a talk about coaching and the benefits of coaching. Or if you have a particular um, you know, avenue, a particular you know, specialty for your coaching, to be able to talk about that um, and talk, you know, talk about what you think, you know, if you have had some clients already, which hopefully you have, talk about some of their stories, of course, without identifying them. Sure. But um, I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game that you have to play in the long run. It's not, it's not about getting instant results. And I think we live in a culture that really prefers instant results, but it's, it's not really the way it works. Well, at least that's the myth that they're trying to propagate is that there are yeah. incident results out there, even though most people know that, uh, you know, you got to grind and you got to battle every single day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today and that advice. Uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about your practice and wants to get on, uh, you know, on your roster of clients, where can they go 
to get more Tammy? Well, um, it's a little bit of a mouthful because I have a, a long name, but they can go to TammyGoolerLobe.com. Or if they also go to WorkFromTheInsideOut.com, they'll find me there because it all goes to my website. So that's the best place to find me. And that's T-A-M-M-Y-G-O-O-L-E-R-L-O-E-B.com, right? Correct. Did I get that right? Absolutely. It's a lot of letters, yeah. a lot of vowels. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to buy any vowels. <laughs> well, well, Tammy, thank you so much, and best of luck with your podcast. If you need any help, uh, we've been in this business for a while. We're happy to share what we know and uh, anything we can do to help you grow your business and practice. Thank you. We are there thank for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. And Th I appreciate your, being your guest. <laughs> well, thank you. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.